the way you see the world becomes your world. And that is the quote of the day. Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. Today's featured speaker is Mr. Michael Wicket. And today, Michael's talking about optimism. See, we can see our lives and the things that happen to us through two lenses, through optimism or through the lens of pessimism. We can see the things that happen, the failures, the rejections, the not so good things. And we can say, oh, woe is me. Or we can see it and say to ourselves, what's the good that can happen out of this and move forward? Here's Michael. Now, as soon as we talk about optimism, there'll always be people who say, yeah, but it's difficult to be optimistic in a world filled with cynics. And I, I heard somebody say that the other day, and I, and I thought, well, I've heard that word cynic before. I'm not sure I know what it means. So I started hunting feverishly for a definition. I found one from H.L. Mencken. He said that a cynic is a man who, when he smells flowers, looks around for a coffin. Do you, <laughs> do you know somebody like that? Something good happens and they say, there's got to be a catch. They just really believe life's always going to be a grind and a drag. And you know what? They're right. Because the way you see the world becomes your world. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a cynic. I want to promise you, however, you will go a whole lot farther in this game called life as an optimist who looks on the bright side and looks for the good, then you will with a person, as a person who carries around cynicism. I discovered the other day that even psychiatrists believe in optimism. <laughs> well, I say that because a couple of friends of mine are psychiatrists and they said, yes, absolutely, when they work with people, one of the objectives they have is to get those people to be optimistic and look for solutions and to get their mind and their energy off their problems. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what nerve is? Nerve is going to a psychiatrist for a split personality and asking for a group rate. <laughs> With a foundation of optimism, you and I will just accomplish a whole lot more and we'll attract more good fortune into our life. Did you know that it is possible for a man or woman to lose a job, become unemployed, and go out and find a better one and or create a better one, did you know that's possible? Yes. Did you know it is possible for a marriage to fall apart, a special relationship to fall apart, a person to lose their sweetheart, and to turn that into the greatest period of growth they've ever had in their life and become happier all by themselves than they ever were with somebody? Did you know that's possible? Yes. Did you know that it's possible to be sick, to have an accident, have your body devastated, racked with pain, severely injured, and totally rehabilitate yourself? Did you know that's possible? Yes. You see, it is possible to experience devastating life experiences and turn them into something wonderful. 
As a matter of fact, it is optimistic people who use their difficult circumstances as springboards to a whole new life experience. Now, I believe the difference is that when a person has a difficult situation happen, that they say, oh, yes, I can, and begin moving forward, as opposed to, poor me, let me tell you how bad it is. <laughs> Just about everybody in life has difficulties, setbacks, disappointments, rejections along the way. Nod your head if you've had any. <laughs> Nod your head if you've had a lot. <laughs> Just about everybody does. That's not important. You see, it's not important what happens to you or to me. The important thing is our reaction to what happens to us. The important thing is what we do after it happens. If we wallow in it, we're stuck. It's understandable if a person is wallowing in their unhappiness and their bad breaks and everything, but nothing happens. But I want to suggest that we can turn those difficult situations into a brand new life experience. Lots of people get rejected. It depends what you do with that. There's a man named Theodore Geisel. He was on his way home with a manuscript after being rejected for the 23rd time. He happened to run into an old college friend who was an editor of children's books for Vanguard Press, and 20 minutes later, he had signed a contract. Now, the world does not know him as Theodore Geisel. The world knows him as Dr. Seuss, and he has sold millions and millions and millions and millions of books. And isn't it interesting that after 22 rejection slips, he was out doing what? looking for somebody who would take his manuscript. He was looking forward. Right in the midst of all that rejection, he was looking for more opportunity, and he what? Because you always get what you look for in the game of life, eventually. You really do. Whatever you look for, it will find you. It may take a little time and a few rejections along the way, and most people are willing to quit after a few, but that may be the difference. Richard Hooker worked on a humorous war story for seven years. He was shot down by 21 publishers before William Morrow agreed to purchase his manuscript. That little war story was just called M.A.S.H. <laughs> Thor Heyerdahl's raft of confidence remained afloat through 20 turndowns before Rand McNally agreed to publish his controversial book, Contiki. Ladies and gentlemen, I just described 64 rejections to you, and yet those three people went on and did something significant with their life. As a matter of fact, two became world famous. It's not about being gifted. It's about focusing your eyes on your dreams and your goals and where you want to go and not quitting when you get an occasional rejection. Joel Weldon, I believe, is the greatest seminar leader in the world. He's the consummate professional. His creativity is awesome. And he has a reputation for wonderfully creative speech titles. And a few years ago, he was giving a speech entitled, Jet Pilots Don't Use Rearview Mirrors. <laughs> I think this side is a little quicker than, 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 than this side. Now, the reason that jet pilots don't use rearview mirrors is because they're not looking back. They're what? Be a jet pilot. Don't look back at the past, the deal that failed, the marriage that didn't work out, the sweetheart that left, the job you didn't get, the job you lost, the rejection. Don't look back there. Look where? Forward. 
Forward. The people that go the farthest are the forward-looking people, the optimists of the world. That was Michael Wicked. That clip comes from Michael's audio program, The Power of Perseverance, available at nightingale.com, audible.com, as well as on the Nightingale Conant Insiders app. Don't forget, today my interview with Lisa Nichols goes live, and so you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as on my website at seancroxton.com. Just look up the Sean Croxton Sessions. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. (laughs) 